Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Can we invite the Holy Spirit real quick? Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your understanding. We need your grace. We need your revelation. Lord, renew our minds right now. Renew our minds. Give us heavenly thoughts. Give us heavenly perspectives that only come from you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we, uh, we're starting a brand new series uh, today uh, called Shine. Um, we're going to be talking for a few weeks about how to shine really bright right now in the world. How many of you know the church should be really active? The church should be super alive. The church should shine for Jesus like crazy right now, okay? Like right now. If there's ever been a time in history, now is the time for the church to stand up. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that uh, today. Uh, let me ask a question. How many of you remember this saying, TGIF? Thank God it's Friday. I know, some of us are still rocking that. We're still like putting the hashtag on Fridays, uh, talking about it. How many of you remember, uh, can you put that picture up for me? I remember this. Come on, somebody. Listen, I just saw like a, a hundred people just smile. Like you just all got real happy, really quick, okay? Um, all right, let's go through this. Family matters? Come on, yeah! Give me some Urkel, okay? Boy Meets World? Yes! Uh, this is just too weird for me. I'm just, I'm gonna be honest with you. I couldn't get down with these weird dinosaur things, whatever they were. Uh, step by step? Hey! Perfect Strangers, Balky, come on. Oh, oh, all right. The gem of gem. Full house, can we give it up for a And then uh, Sabrina the witch, we were Christians, so we weren't able to, we were allowed to watch witches. Um, I'm serious. You think I'm joking, okay? Listen, we, I remember having, how many of you remember Poison back in the day, like an 80s band Poison? Okay, I'm really dating myself now. Okay, this was like cross-dressing before it was like a, a thing now, okay? We had, like a, we had like, a, like a burning, like a little burning, like we burnt the tape because that's how like Christian our family was, okay? Um, I, remember, uh, I remember TGI Friday, okay? And um, I could be like at the pool, you know, and be like, Late afternoon, and man, I had, I had to get on my bike because I had to get home because I'm not missing two shows. I'm not missing Boy Meets World, and I'm not missing Full House because I got to see Topanga, and I got to see DJ, okay? <laughs> and now you know why I married Jess, because she's my DJ, okay? She's my, li- my little DJ, all right? How many of you know, like, there wasn't, like, you couldn't catch it later, okay? There was no DVR, you know what I mean? You couldn't catch it on Hulu later. Like, you had to get home to catch this, okay? And so, for a season of my life, this was, like, 
a big priority to me. This is something that really mattered to me. And so it started making me think about some other things in my life that have really, really mattered to me. Like today, I'm wearing my, my Chicago Bears. Okay, listen, listen. All of you Bengal fans, you've cursed the Bears. and You've cursed me with Andy Dalton. Now listen, I understand Andy Dalton's a Christian. So I, typically I would pray that his leg would get broke today, okay? But I'm just praying that his finger gets broke today so that Justin Fields goes in, all right? All right? I, I'm, I'm giving some, some good prayers today, all right? But the Bears have always been like a really big part of my life, okay? And um, when I was 12... Um, I played Pop Warner football. Anybody played Pop Warner football growing up? Okay, we got like one. Great, awesome. This is gonna be a great story, okay? But I'm like 12, I'm playing Pop Warner football and we have this coach, his name's Joe. Um, just think about anybody you could ever think about from Chicago and that's Joe, okay? I mean, like, like he looked like Mike Dicka. I mean, he like had the mustache and everything, okay? And, uh, and when the Bears lost, that meant on Monday at practice, it was this thing that we called Black Hat Day, okay? Because Coach Joe was coming with his black hat on. And that typically meant that he probably had a six-pack on the way to practice. I'm just, you know, I'm just being, just being real, okay? Uh, I knew, we knew we were probably going to get cursed out at practice. And then I remember um, one black hat uh, practice um, he was, uh, he was either so mad or so drunk, one or the other. Okay. I'm just being honest with you. He kicked me in the butt as I was running laps. He, like as I walked by, he kicked me in the butt and I was like, awesome. This is great. Okay. This is, I love this coach. So, um, so fast forward to me, I'm like in my like young thirties. Okay. And, uh, I would watch the bears on Sunday night because Sundays, Saturdays, they were big days for us. So, um, we were youth pastors actually at the church I was at last weekend. Can we give it up for Pastor Matt? He did an awesome, awesome job last Sunday. Um, we, me and Jess actually went back to Kalamazoo, Michigan. We worked there uh, at a church called Valley Family Church for almost nine years. They celebrated 30 years last Sunday. And so they wanted us there and uh, to be a part of that. Um, and it was just so special. Um, actually, our pastor, Pastor Beth and Jeff, Pastor Beth, uh, she's come to speak at our women's conference. We're so excited about that. She has spoke at Hillsong. Um, she has spoke at all kinds of women's conferences all around the country. And so we're so honored and privileged to have her here. But okay, so I was a youth pastor for them. And we had two uh, services on Saturday. So that meant we'd have two junior high services on Saturday. We had two more services on Sunday morning, which meant I would have two more junior high services. So I would do four junior high services a weekend. And then when that was all done, we would like get food as fast as we could because we had to get ready for high school on Sunday night. So I had five services a weekend. So I would DVR the Bears. I would come home late on Sunday night. I'm like exhausted, but I knew I got to watch the Bears. Now, Jess would pray and fast all day on Sunday for the Bears to win, okay? Because she knew what? If the Bears don't win, it's not Black Hat Day for Jeff, it is Hoodie Day for Jeff, okay? That meant that on 
Monday morning, she would wake up and I'm going to have a hoodie on and I'm going to have that hood over my head and it's just going to be a bad day, okay? I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be moody. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sulk and nothing's going to get done on that Monday. And all the men said, amen. I understand this, okay? I get this, all right? Now, here's the deal. If the Bears won... Let's get a bucket of chicken. Let's celebrate. It is Bears Victory Monday, okay? We are, it's a good day. But if the Bears win or lose, it's not so good. Now, here's the deal. I understand that you probably don't think about football the way that I do. You don't think about the Bears the way that I do, and, and I understand that, okay? But where am I going? We all have places in our life that we have misplaced passion. I'm gonna say that again. We all have places in our life where we have misplaced passion, okay? Just like back in the day, I was real passionate about seeing Full House, okay? Probably too much, to be honest, okay? Now, as the Lord gets closer and closer, closer we get to the Lord's return, we have to take evaluation and ask ourselves, are there places in my life that I have what? Misplaced passion, okay? And we have to ask ourselves, what really matters? What really matters in this life? And so over the next few weeks, I'm gonna talk about uh, three different areas that we need to take evaluation to ask ourselves, are, am I lined up right before the Lord comes? Am I in the right position right before the Lord comes back to the earth? Amen? All right, so point number one today, and we're only talking about one thing today, is this, not distracted. Okay, go with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. Okay, Matthew chapter 25, yeah, pull out your Bible, pull out something to write some notes, Okay, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen for you. Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about, this is what it's going to look like right before I come back. I challenge you to read Matthew 24 this week. I promise you, you'll start reading through Matthew 24 and you'll go, oh, wow, it really looks like that right now. Okay, And then in Matthew 25, Jesus shares three different stories, three different parables. And so we're going to look at one today at the very beginning, okay? Matthew 25, verse 1, it says this, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Okay, what's Jesus talking about? He's talking about ten bridesmaids, okay? Well, he's referring, he's talking about something I actually talked a few weeks ago about, about his return. Okay, and so if you missed that message, I challenge you, go to YouTube, go to our podcast, go listen to that message. I talked about the return of Jesus. I made it really clear and simple because I understand that a lot of times when pastors or churches talk about the coming of the Lord, it just goes over people's heads. So I tried really, really hard to make that simple, simple so everybody could understand, okay? But Jesus is right now referring to something that's a, going to come. And we see it in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. It says this, let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to who? To him, Jesus, 
okay? For the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. Okay, so now we got to talk about the bride. Who is the bride? Okay, the bride is us. The bride is the church. Okay, so Jesus is talking in wedding language right now. He's saying, listen, there's 10 brides, meaning what? 10 different churches, right? And he's talking about 10 different churches, 10 different brides, when? Right before he comes back. Okay, so what's he talking about? He's talking about right now. What a privilege. And I don't think we see it that way, but what a privilege, what an honor that we get to live for Jesus right before he comes back, okay? Like he chose you to be alive on the earth right now before he came back. He put gifts, he put talents, he put, he put his spirit in you, he put his life in you, and he called for you to be alive right before he came back. Why? Because you have a purpose for why you're alive right now. Amen? Now, a lot of times we don't see it that way. We just think we're living. But God has purpose for our life. So Jesus is talking to 10 churches. And he said, me, Jesus, the bridegroom, I'm coming back for what? For my bride. Okay, so it's real important that we understand who we are right now. Verse 2 says this, five of them were foolish. And five of them were wise. I tell people this all the time. Listen, people come and go all the time. My greatest desire for all of us, for you, your friends, your family, is what? To be in a really, really solid, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Now, listen, I think we're the best. I just do. I, I love our community. I love the people in our community. I'm proud of our church. I'm proud of what we do here, okay? And you know what I'm really proud of? I'm really proud that we teach the Word of God, the full Word of God. And we don't take out parts, and we don't twist things. I wrote, I read this article last Sunday while we were in Michigan from a local pastor in a local church that is openly supporting gay marriage. I don't see it. It doesn't match biblically for us. We know that Jesus created men and women in the image of him. We know what? That Jesus established marriage as one man with one woman. Okay, now listen. Am I angry at people that have different perspectives? No. I think they're just deceived. I'm not angry at them. I think that's a false thing that the church really gets into all the time. They get really angry and frustrated at people that don't believe the same way they do. I just think they're deceived. And they don't need us to judge them. They need us to love them. Amen? Okay. So I'm not mad, but this is exactly exactly what Jesus is talking about right here, okay? So Jesus is basically saying this, that 50%, listen to the language, 50% 
of all the churches, right before he comes back, they would be deceived and foolish. 50%. Like, that's not a little. That's not like a sliver. Like, that's a lot. And so Jesus is going, hey, I need you to know this so that you don't also become foolish and deceived also. Jesus is saying what? I want you to be protected. I want you to find a house. I want you to find a church that's going to teach the fullness of the word of God, the fullness of the Bible, and not compromise truth. So why is it important for you and your family and friends? So you don't get deceived. Listen, can I just say this? There should be something burning inside of you to get your friends to church. I'm not like, not so that we can just get bigger. That, I could care less about that. Listen, I don't care if we had 10,000 people, but we were an inch deep. I don't care about that. Okay? I really don't. All right? I care about people finding Jesus and having real, authentic relationship with him. That's what I really care about for you. Because I know that will satisfy your soul. I know that. So we should have this burning, this passion inside of us to also have our family, our friends to be a part of that. Verse three. The five who were foolish did not take enough oil in their lamps. Okay, what does oil represent in the Bible? Well, it represents the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, right? So then that begs a question to ask If they didn't have enough oil, how do we make sure that we have enough oil, right? How do we make sure that we have enough of the Holy Spirit present, moving, working, active in our life on a daily basis? Well, it comes down to a few things. First of all is this. It's the Bible. It's just the Bible, and, I, and I, I know that we all think we're just too busy for the Bible. We're too busy for a Bible plan. We're too busy to get the word inside of us. But I know that I know that I know that truth comes from one place and one place only, the word of God. I, you have to have it. It will reshape your thinking. It will bring you into a place of forgiveness and love and grace and mercy for other people. You will walk in a new strength. You will walk in a new wisdom when you get the word of God in you. So it is really, really important. I don't care how you get it into you. I, I, listen, do a Bible plan. Go to the Bible app. Get a Bible plan, get a Bible reading plan, get a New Testament reading plan. I don't care if you listen to the word of God, I listen to it. I just turn it on in my car. A few weeks ago, I just like, okay, I love sports talk radio or like how many of you love news radio or just just some kind of something playing in the background, okay? So I'm listening to sports talk radio and listen, I drive all the time. And the other day I was just like, how much of this banter am I putting into my soul right now? Like, it's just noise. How many know, like, like it's just noise, but we're so accustomed to just noise. We're so accustomed to just hearing noise, okay? 
But the truth is we got to get truth into us. So I don't care if you read it. I don't care if you listen to it. I don't care if you listen to podcasts. you got to get the Word of God into you. The other thing is this. It's just prayer, okay? Talking to the Lord. Got to talk to the Lord. And then what else? I'm going to challenge everybody on this, okay? This is big, okay? Put church first. I'm going to say it again. Put church first. Not second, not on the back burner, not when I have time, not when I feel like it, not when it's just convenient for us and our family. Put it first. Put it first. Listen, you need a time to worship. There is something so special about corporate worship. When we're gathered together, we're worshiping together. What is happening? Oh, gosh. We... I am sorry, God. Listen, it has been one of them weeks. The enemy is not happy with us. I call them tech demons. Tech demons. They're, they're real, people. They're like real, real. Matt, you can just turn them off, buddy. It's, it's all good. It's, are we good? Are we all right? We got the word. I got a few lights. I feel like I'm in like Haiti or something right now. We're good. We're good. Okay? Real good. Ooh, it got quiet. You turn me up now. Okay? Just, just, make, me, just make me even louder. Wake everybody up. Put church first. Put groups. Listen, we're, we're, we're putting a lot of effort into groups. Like there's people with T-shirts. There's a tent outside. I mean, we're making videos. We're doing everything in our power to get you, to get your attention for groups. Why? Because we believe in it. We believe that it's going to strengthen your life. We believe it's going to satisfy your soul, help satisfy. We believe in this. Become a part of a group, okay? Get your kids to youth group. Make it a priority. Make Jesus a priority in your home. Like, I'm so excited for January. We're gonna do 21 days of fasting and prayer. Be a part of it. Put church first. Put the Lord first. Honor him first. We're living in this generation, this time that we just treat church like it's something that, it's just something common. It's just something like we can take it or we can leave it. Listen, I know that I probably, I grew up in a generation, I was at church like a thousand times, okay? Like, I mean, I was at church on Sundays. I was at church on Sunday night. I was at church on Wednesday night. I was at prayer on Thursday night. I was at church all the time. And I, and I get that. And, and there was abuse in that. We're not trying to abuse you. Amen? Okay? We're trying to help you. We're trying to strengthen you. We're trying to make sure that you are what? Full of the Holy Spirit. So you don't get what? Deceived. We don't want you getting deceived and fooled in these last days and moments right before Jesus comes. Verse 4. There were five wise ones that had what? Enough oil. Why did they have enough oil? Because they kept their eyes on Jesus. It's just real simple. Five of them were foolish. Five of them were wise because they kept their eyes on Jesus. Why? Because they didn't get distracted. 
and distracted by what? All the cares of life. All the cares of life. Now, here's the deal. I love life. Like, I can't wait till the end of second service. We got a great family in church, and we're going to lunch with them. I can't wait to go to Firebirds. I can't wait to eat some, some grilled shrimp. Can I get an amen for some grilled shrimp, okay? Uh, listen, I can't wait. Uh, later tonight, I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of a group thing tonight. I'm going to play basketball with a bunch of guys from the church tonight. Super excited about that. And then I get to go home and watch my bears, okay? Andy Dalton's going to break his finger. Justin Fields is going to go in, and we're going to win, all right? I got, this, I got this whole day planned out, right? Okay? I love life, okay? Except for when, when life gets in the way of me following Jesus. I'll give you a quick story. So our oldest son, Michael, here, sings on Sunday morning. Last year, he was a freshman. And uh, he uh, played varsity basketball as a freshman. Now, anytime you're a freshman in high school and you're playing a varsity sport, you got some talent, okay? You got some ability. You got some, some stuff going on in your life, okay? So we get done with the season, now, here's the interesting part about this. Our son is playing for this school called Troy Christian. So Troy Christian is in Troy, Ohio, okay? So it's like 40 minutes north of us, okay? And so the spring comes, and he's like spending time with the Lord. We're spending time with the Lord. And what are we hearing? What are we all hearing? We keep hearing this word, distraction. What is the Lord talking about, okay? The Lord's talking about that we are what? We're a distracted family right now, okay? He's distracted. Now, is there anything wrong with basketball? No, I, I love basketball. I'm actually gonna coach our middle son uh, this year. He's gonna play for this group called 4031 here locally uh, around town here, and I'm gonna coach him, and, 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 and I'm gonna help him. But where am I getting to? The Lord goes, it's a distraction. So we made a decision as a family, if this is a distraction from us pursuing the Lord and helping our church pursue the Lord, then we have to take this out of our life. Now, all of you that really know me, you know that I like love basketball, like love basketball. Like it was my dream to play in the NBA. So like, can you imagine how we feel as parents when the Lord goes, hey, we need to make a switch here. It was dominating our life. Dominating our life. There's nothing wrong with life until it gets in the way of you pursuing Jesus. You know? It's like when, it's like when soccer season comes and some parents and listen, I'm just, I'm, Y'all might not like me. I don't even care, okay? Soccer season comes, and they're like, hey, we won't see you for like 10 weeks. I'm like, really? Like, nine-year-old soccer is more important than Jesus? I'm just being honest. And listen, I get it, man. We're all like, man, they got to get a scholarship. 
I, I promise you, if you put the Lord first, he'll, he'll figure out their future. He'll make sure they're taken care of. You don't have to figure out your kid's future. The Lord knows their future. All you're there to do is steward their life. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? So you need to ask yourself, what's distracting me? What's distracting me? What's distracting our family? Life's not bad, but sometimes we have to take evaluations and go, Lord, what is a distraction in our home that is taking us away from searching the Lord? Okay, verse five. When the bridegroom was delayed, what does that mean? That's a, that's a word for all of us right now because we all think something is, is dinging. What is happening today? It is the Lord. He is like grabbing our attention. Okay. The bridegroom was delayed, meaning what? We all grew up thinking, when is the Lord gonna come? And we get what? We get sleepy. We think, oh, we've heard this our whole entire life. Oh, yeah, I've heard pastor talk about that. Oh, I know that's something that's supposed to be coming, but, but I, I don't really know when he's coming. So when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Can I say this? It is no time for the church to be asleep right now. It is no time for us to be lazy right now. It is no time for us to put our own selfish desires before the Lord. It is not the time or the season for that. The time and the season is to be a church that is alive, it is well, it is pushing forward, it is going after souls for Jesus. That's the time. It's not time to be drowsy. It's not time to fall asleep. So excited. Yesterday, I think we had seven of our guys from our church. They drove an hour, went to, um, uh, it's in London, Ohio. There's a correctional facility. They went there. AJ, did you go yesterday? AJ was there, okay. Some of our guys, they went and they played softball, okay? Played softball with these inmates, okay? For, I think, around like five or six hours, okay? Listen, listen, can I give you some context. These guys in this prison have not seen anybody because of COVID in 20 months. 20 months. So the first people that they get to have contact with from the outside is what? The Church of Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? Now, I'm so excited. Next Saturday, I'm actually going uh, to this correctional facility. I'm playing basketball, these guys. I already hear rumors from inside the correctional facility that they're, they're wanting me. They, they want me. They want to destroy me. I'm coming for them too, man. I, I'm, I'm bringing it, okay? Six, eight, all right. Well, Chris, Chris is gonna get some from me, Okay. <laughs> I don't have the Holy Spirit on me, okay? AJ brought up Chris. Chris is the guy that gave his life to the Lord yesterday. Now, listen, listen. Here's, here's the, best, the best part about Chris. I think Chris gets out in like 14 months, okay? Chris' family and kids live right here in Liberty Township. Eight kids, 
And he just gave his life to the Lord. And we're going to do everything we can to pull that family into this church, and we're going to fill them with wisdom. And when Chris gets out, we're going to do everything we can to get him a job, and we're going to set him up so he can succeed, because that's what Jesus would do if he was in the earth. Amen? It's time to be alive. It's not time to be asleep. It's time to be awake. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of Jesus Christ to the world. He didn't say Pastor Jeff. He didn't say all the pastors on the earth. He said, You, us, we're the light. We're the ones that are supposed to take the light of Jesus Christ to the world. It says you're a city set on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Nor does your light or your lamp get put under a basket. See, that's what the world wants to do right now. The world wants to shut us up. The world wants to close the churches of the door of the church, the doors of the church. The world wants to cover up because we shine so brightly into their darkness, okay? Lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see. They may see your good deeds. It didn't say that we talk about the good deeds, that we would see them, that we would be actively a part of this world, caring for this world, giving to this world, loving this world. See, those prisoners yesterday, they saw, they didn't hear that the church cares about them. They saw that the church cares for them. There's a big difference when the world sees you shine your light. I love the word light in the Aramaic, and it's this word uh, pneuma, okay? And it, the meaning is this. It's a teaching that brings enlightenment and revelation to the hearts of men. So our light should bring an enlightenment and a revelation to the hearts of this world. When people are around us, they should find revelation, they should find truth, they should find understanding, they should find Jesus living through you. Can I get an amen? This is what light looks like. Well, how does this look? Okay, how does this look on a daily basis? It looks like this. When we understand what Jesus has done and who we are. Now, the enemy will do everything in his power for you not to get what I'm about to talk about. Okay, I I just need five more minutes and I'm gonna share a truth to you that if you really, really, really understand, it will revolutionize the way you see Jesus, understand who you are, and how to give Jesus to the world. Amen? All right, so go with me, Romans chapter three. Romans chapter three. I need you to see this. I'm gonna go... Fast and slow at the same time. I don't know how to do those things, but we'll do it, okay? Verse 21. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? It means this, that we stand in right standing with God the Father. Oh, man, you gotta wake up. We stand in right standing with God the Father. That means this. Every sin, every failure, every mistake, every wrong word that's coming out of of your mouth, every wrong attitude, every moment of sin has been completely 100% forgiven. 
100%. And now you stand before Christ Jesus, and he sees you perfectly, okay? So this means what? We see God the Father through who? Jesus. If you want to know what God the Father looks like, you look at Jesus. Jesus is perfect. He's blameless. He's full of love. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. Goes on and says this. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. The word in the Old Testament was prophesying about Jesus coming, his righteousness coming, okay? It brought light through Jesus Christ, okay? Okay. This righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe in him receive this gift. What gift do we receive? We receive righteousness. We receive this place that we stand in right standing with God and he loves you and he's for you and he's not angry at you. He's with you. He cares about you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to take the blessing and the grace and the the victory in Jesus and give it to other people. This is what he wants, okay? It's a free, and now here's the greatest news. It's a free gift. All you do is say, I accept Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus. Now it says this, for there's really no difference between us, for we've all sinned. Praise God, we're all sinners. All, every single one of us in here, we're all sinners. We all fall short. And we are in need of the glory of God. Verse 24. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal. What is this acquittal? It's the acquittal of us spending our eternity in hell. Now, I've told you, when I was growing up, right, you can come on up. When when I was growing up, we used to do this thing in my church called to hell and back. It was this like illustrated sermon, okay? They would, I mean, you would walk into like the sanctuary and there would be like like fake rocks everywhere and they would turn the heat up as hot as it could go and there would be like smoke rolling around and red lights. And I mean, I'm like eight years old and like I just walk in, I just walk in there and I'm like, I give my life to Jesus right now. I do not want to go to hell. No, not, not for me, right? Okay. Now, here's the deal. Fear doesn't really change people's lives. And I think that's where a lot of us grew up in the 80s, 90s in church. There's just a lot of fear, okay? But I do think we do have to live with a healthy understanding of eternity. That eternity should be sobering. That we have this place in our hearts where we go, I'm really going to spend somewhere my eternity. I'm not gonna be reincarnated not going to come back, you know, heaven isn't really just for everyone. Listen, we are made right and we go to heaven through one way and one way only, and that is Jesus Christ. There's only one way, okay? And so, we are quit of what? From eternity in hell. We don't go to hell, okay? He forgives us of all of our sins, all of them. Now, how many know, man, we all need grace? 
You know, Friday, uh, me and Jess were driving. And I don't know what it is about driving. Can I get an amen from anybody else that driving just like sets you off, like just takes you into this dark, dark place, okay? And I'm at this like stoplight and we're in front of a UDF and I'm like blocking the way out, like not on purpose, but I'm just, I'm just there. And this guy like, like comes up and he's like, he's like yelling at me and like honking and he's like, he wants to get through. And I'm like, and it was just one of those days, I'm like, not today, Satan. I'm like, it's not happening, you know? And so he just starts pushing his car through. Like, he's gonna hit my car. I'm like, hit my car, see what happens, okay? I'll go to jail today. I don't even care, right? So he's like pushing his, like, he's like pushing his car through, okay? And then as he gets his car through, he tells me that I'm number one. And at that moment, like, my mind just blanked out. I mean, it was like just, how many of you go just red? Like, red in a dark place? So, like, the light changes. I'm literally, like, hanging out the car, like, out the window. No, you can, Jess can testify this. My body is, somehow the Holy Spirit's driving the car, okay? Because I'm going to crash this time. And I am telling this guy, that I'm gonna end his life today, okay? I mean, I am telling him, okay? The whole world is hearing this, okay? And Jessica goes, this is awesome. We're gonna lose our church and our kids aren't gonna have a dad. You're gonna be in prison. The church is gonna be going to see you, okay? (laughs) We all need grace. We all need it. We all need the righteousness of Christ. I love this part, it says this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. God freely gives away his righteousness and his gift of love and favor is now cascading over us all because of Jesus has liberated us from what? What has he liberated us from? I love these words. Guilt, punishment, and the power of sin. Guilt, punishment, and the power of sin. I don't know about you, but I think I've spent more days of my Christian life following Jesus, feeling guilty, feeling shameful, feeling like I'm really not worthy. And when you feel guilt and when you feel shame and you feel like you're not worthy, you're never gonna tell anybody about Jesus. It will lock you up. It'll make you feel like you're in a prison. Guilt is just this horrible, horrible place. And Jesus said, I'm going to free you from guilt, punishment, and sin. One of my favorite things in the Bible is in the Old Testament. A family would come 
to Jerusalem and they would have a spotless lamb. And they would bring this lamb and they would lay hands on this lamb. They would transfer the sin for, for 12 months, a year to the lamb. And then the priest, he would inspect the lamb. Now, what's interesting is this. Somebody, somebody could go, I murdered my brother last year. But what's so interesting to me is this, is that the priest wouldn't inspect the people. The priest would inspect what? The lamb. So if somebody said, I, I stole last year. I was jealous last year. I, I didn't forgive last year. I, I, I didn't let that offense go last year. I was full of gossip last year. I was full of pride last year. In our human nature, we would think, oh, we need to have a conversation with this person. We need to do what? We need to inspect their life. We need to talk to them about their life. But no, no, no. He would inspect what? The lamb. See, Jesus doesn't inspect you. He inspects the lamb. Who's the lamb? The lamb is Jesus Christ. So when you stand before the Lord, he goes, he goes, you're 100% guilt-free. You're 100% free. You have the righteousness of Christ because I'm not inspecting you. I'm inspecting Jesus. He is the lamb. All of your sin, all of your failures, all of your gossip, all of your dirty mouth, all of your failures, all of your attitudes, all of it, it got what? It got transferred to the Lamb. Who's Jesus? Jesus is the Lamb of God. And so God the Father, he goes, I'm gonna inspect Jesus, my son. And then guess what? You get all of the benefits. You get to live in the freedom, the grace, and the goodness of Jesus Christ. And when you understand that, and you don't live in guilt and shame and condemnation, it frees you. It frees you. And then when you're free, see, this is why the enemy fights so hard to make you feel guilty all the time. This is why he fights so hard to make you feel shameful all the time. Because he knows, he knows, he knows it's too good to be true. It's like, it's just too good to be true. But the reality is this, he knows that he knows that he knows that if you figure out that you are free, and if you figure out that you are forgiven, if you figure out that you don't have to live in guilt and shame of your past, if you figure out that Jesus loves you that much, if you figure out that he is for you, if you figure this out, you're gonna tell the whole entire world. You're gonna live with it. It's not just something, it's something you live with on a daily basis. Why don't you stand up this morning? 